Praise the Lord. So, Petty, one more time, do the cheer. One, two, three, go. Yeah. Right. You can't say it just once. All right. <laughs> My girls over here got it. That's good. Listen, Petty, Petty, Petty actually is a new, um, I guess I want to say a description that some women have taken on in the social world or in the world itself, actually as maybe with honor, with glory, that if something happens in their life or if they go off or if they trip, praise the Lord, they say, well, you know I'm petty. Or if they want to do something or do the wrong thing, they'll say, you know I'm petty. Am I the only one in here that knows that? Okay, amen. It's a, it's a descriptive excuse that almost gives you an okay to act like a child, to hold grudges, to get back, and to be messy. Anybody know some messy women? Amen. I'm going to say it again, but don't look it down your road. Anybody know some messy women? She's like straight. Yes, messy. It's not good to be messy. In fact, the Bible talks about people that cause issues and cause problems to actually avoid them because they always start mess. They always start drama. There's always something wrong. And if something goes, doesn't go their way, they will snatch back and get you back, right? Here's the most general definition of petty is this. It's when someone takes a small subject and blows it out of proportion. That's the most easy way to describe what petty is. Another definition is making something otherwise insignificant into something bigger to suit your own agenda. Amen. That's another. So, so, so if you don't think you're petty tonight, and some of you might be like, this message is not even for me. I drove all this way, got my kids ready, and came down here, and I, I don't even need this message tonight. I'm going to talk about five symptoms that you may have that can help you with this pettiness, whether you know it or don't, okay? So, so here's the first sign that you're petty. <laughs> Number one, you're vindictive. You have a strong desire for revenge. And when something bad happens to you, you don't just do it, you actually fantasize about it first. Anybody going to be honest tonight and know that they had fantasized some vengeance, some revenge, like you had the whole thing plotted out, when it was going to happen, when it was going to explode, praise the Lord, when it was going to blow up. <laughs> you knew that you were going to get that person back because, let's be honest, it feels good to get revenge. Um, some, here, here's another word for vindictive, another a definition. You get someone back before talking to them. I'm going to say that again. You get somebody back before talking to them. You don't even have a conversation. They do it to you. You, get, you already know in your mind, I'm getting you back. Praise the Lord. Number two, second sign that you're petty. You enjoy someone else's failure. It's a thrill. It's a joyful moment. I'm not talking about your sister in the Lord that you love. I'm talking about that woman you can't stand. That family member that gets on your ever-loving nerves. And when something bad goes on, you kind of low-key giggle. I mean, come on, listen, we're all being honest tonight. It, it's not that you want it to happen, but if it does happen, it kind of just feels good just for a minute that, you know, oh, man, flat tire, it's too bad, you know. <laughs> like, you know, those persons, I don't want to kill them, just hurt them, you know, just. <laughs> you, you, get, you get excited when failure comes away. A third sign that you're petty. You broadcast other failures and spread rumors for the sole purpose of making someone look bad or to make you look good. So I, I know we're here all saved and born again and you guys don't spread rumors, so I'll say it like this. Hey, we need to pray for Sister Michelle. You know her husband's cheating again. 
and her kid went to jail this weekend. Yeah, it was in the paper, but we need to pray. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, you just want to keep it going. You know, you want to let people know the information. Number four, signs that you're petty. You encourage mediocrity, especially to someone else that may surpass you. This is a big one, women of God. And I'm going to go into all these in a lot more detail in a moment, but I'm just giving you a foundation. You encourage mediocrity, especially for someone who is better than you or could possibly surpass you. And my fifth example or my fifth sign that you're petty is you take a small subject and blow it out of proportion. Remember, that was my main. You take a small subject and blow it out of proportion. That means you're petty. How many of you are going to admit that you sometimes do that? I have like 10 people. Okay, so, okay, all right, still. Everybody's hand should be up. And I'm saying this because I'm about to tell you my petty story right now. I had a story, anytime, anytime I'm about to preach on a topic that I think I've mastered, something will happen where I utterly fail. <laughs> and I don't know if it's just God dealing with me or if God's just maybe trying to prove if I really, because I'll never preach to y'all what I'm not living. I will not do that, okay? So maybe he's trying to, I don't know what he's doing, but this is the deal. I had it in my mind. I'm preaching on being petty and being petty and holding on to stuff and making a big deal of little things, and that's my word. I've been marinating on it for a long time. And then something happened to me yesterday while I was in New York. I was having a beautiful time. It was for a birthday celebration. This woman's husband planned everything. And I told your pastor, dude, you got to step it up because this man had something going on every day and every night. It was amazing. And so we're all together. All the ladies are together having tea because that's something she'd want to do is having tea at the plaza. Praise the Lord. So we're all sitting there having tea. And I'm talking about how to be a submissive wife and how to be a good woman and how to love your husband and to pray for your family. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm doing my thing. I'm, I'm the pastor's wife. I got all the answers. Right? I'm like, and, and I'm, oh, I, I submit to my husband, and I don't really go anywhere by myself. You know, I, because these women, they travel alone, and they make trips alone, and they go on cruises alone just, just with a group of women. And I'm just like, wow, I just, I could never see myself doing that because I got the kids, I got the church, I got my husband. I don't think he'd ever let me do that. So pastor walks downstairs to say hello, and I'm like, babe. These women are talking about how they just take all the money they want and they go on trips and they go by themselves and they just do all these things and they just have, you know, they, they, they go on cruises by themselves and they, they go to this little, you know, spa for a week alone, which is them to refresh and regroup. Isn't that weird? And pastor goes, gosh, you know, I wish you would do that more. Um, I said, so you want me to leave? Yeah, babe. Man, I think that'd be fantastic. You just pack up and go away and we don't hear from you for like four, five, six days. <laughs> that would be amazing. And I'm up here like, I, I didn't know you should just, I didn't know you want me to do that. So all the ladies are getting involved now on his side, because now it's sides, his side is like, you know, yeah, you should come with this, and don't you need to get away? Don't you need to get recharged? I said, no, I really don't. And pastor goes, oh, yes, you do. I go, no, I really don't feel like I need to get recharged or refreshed. Oh, I know you need a break. You need a break. You need a break from me, because I, I take a break from you. <laughs> now, remember, I'm the pastor trying to give advice. I'm about to go off on this Negro right now, because he's blowing my cover. Like, I'm like, 
Where is this coming from? So he's like, he sees my face, because I'm looking at him like, shut up, you know? And he goes, I think it'd be good. In fact, you should plant something. You, you guys should all plant something together. And they're all excited. I don't have a need to go away from my family. I don't want to be away for a week. I mean, I just maybe in due time I will, but at 43 years old, right now I don't need to, I don't need a break from anybody. And they were talking about how they needed a break. I don't need a break from anybody. And he's like, oh, you should need a break. And we're going back and forth. So he's telling me that what they do is wrong or is not wrong, but what I do is wrong. And so, of course, I took it personally. I felt like he's trying to throw me away. He doesn't want me anymore. I'm being rejected in my mind, still trying to look like I'm this strong woman of God. And uh, I was really upset. And he goes, babe, listen, it's no big deal. You know, I love you. You're my best friend. I love you with me. But if you wanted to get away with some girlfriends and go to an island for six days, I would happily send you. Now, anybody else in the right mind would be like, thank you, Jesus. but I was really pissed off. Can I say that? I've been in church in a minute. I gotta work on my cussing. Anyway, I was really mad. <laughs> Sorry. So I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about it. He goes his way, we end up going shopping with the girls, we're out with the girls, we're having a good time. No one's even bringing up the conversation. No one's even talking about it, but in my mind, it was going a million miles a moment, that whole conversation, the whole conversation. And so finally, I'm trying to let it go. I'm trying to let it go, and I'm thinking I'm over it. So then, you know how you think you're over some things until you see the person? Like you really feel like you're delivered <laughs> until you see him. So we hit this corner, and we turn the corner, and there he is, pastor. And all the anger came back, private anger. Because remember, I'm the pastor's wife that doesn't get mad, and I'm submissive, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so he sees me. Hey, babe. I'm like, hey. Did you have a good time shopping? Yeah. What are you guys going to do now? I don't know, Reggie. I don't know what I may do. I may take a train and go up north to Jersey. I may take a boat to Ellis Island. You know, I have so many options, I really don't know. <laughs> he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it's like that now. I go, you know, I just, hey, I'm free to do, hey, you don't know. I, so of course, he's looking at me like, are you seriously mad right now? And I seriously was. So we go upstairs, we get ready to get, go out to dinner, and I'm still, and I'm trying, I'm trying so hard to let it go, and I'm in the bathroom getting ready and thinking about all these comeback statements. Don't we do that? We think about, like, comebacks. I, if he said, let him say this, because I'll say this, and let him say that, because I'm going to say that, and let him go there, because I'm going to go there too. Please say something stupid tonight, Please. And so we're getting ready to go to dinner. I'm in the bathroom, still like, you know, mind you, thinking of you all in the word, praise the Lord. It was still. And I'm getting ready, thinking about it, thinking about it. And like, wow, he just, why, why? And then I start thinking, why do I feel rejected? Why do I feel like he's pushing me away? Like, I'm, a, I'm that type of person. I'm very introspective. What is it in me that's making me feel like that? I'm, I'm really trying to do the right thing, but then I'm getting mad. And so finally, 
as I'm curling my hair, the Holy Spirit, <laughs> guess what he said? P E T T T Y. I said, okay, Lord, you're going to give me a cheer now? I mean, I promise you, it was the Lord's voice in my head clear as day. He did the little cheer. <laughs> Don't you love how he talks to us? So I had to ask God for forgiveness, not once, many times that night, to let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. Because I've not felt this thing on me in a long time, Pam. I haven't. But after time, I let it go. And see, that's what I'm saying. When I said, all of us are petty. See how I jumped you all in? I made you all agree, yep, we're all petty. And the ones that didn't raise your hand, see, you're not in the group now. Because this is the petty group. <laughs> Pedigree. <laughs> Get it? Okay. So I let it go. I let it go. And I wonder, I wonder how many of us are just like that. You make things bigger than they should be. Look at what happened. He said, I would love for you to go away with girlfriends to an island for a few days. And I took that as, I hate you, don't ever come back in my life again, you're not my wife anymore. But in our minds, for whatever reason, ladies, I don't know what goes on with us, but we tend to blow things out of proportion. And there's no reason to. And the Word of God tells us clearly not to do that. We're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to pray and ask God to help us with our emotions, help us with our mind, put on the mind of Christ, Right? Because Christ's mind doesn't think like that. The word tells us to think on things that are pure, that are gentle, that are lovely, not crazy imaginations. We're supposed to cast those down in Jesus' name. So you have to pray about the right thing and not pray about what's not important. And let me give you an example of that. Praying about what's not important is saying this. In my situation, God, please help my husband talk to me better. That wasn't the problem. The right prayer would be like, Lord, what is it in me that's making me feel rejected? What is it with me? I know I'm accepted by Jesus Christ, but why does that bother me that I feel like it's pushed away? I think a lot of us pray petty prayers. When we pray things that don't even make sense, that God is not even really worried about, but we bring it to the Lord in prayer as if he's not going to do it for us. Here's a good example. Some of you pray for money. You know, God's given you a job. You have bills. Maybe your bills are, your, your money's not matching your bills, okay? You're not making enough money. I would say this. God's a provider. If you're working, maybe you need to pray that God change your spending habits. Or maybe God would help you be a good steward over the money that he's given you. Or how about this? Pray for what you've sown to come back to you. That, that's an effective prayer. Not prayer, God, you're not enough. No, our God is more than enough. He's the efficient one. He's all efficient, all sufficient, right? How about this one? Some of you may pray for health. God, please give me health. Lord, I just need your health. Well, maybe it's time to put some discipline in your mouth. In your mouth. That, that's a word. Put some discipline in your mouth. And do the right thing with not eating wrong and not drinking wrong. Come on, if, if, the, if, if God and the doctor has said you should probably eliminate sugar out of your life, maybe that's something you should do. Instead of praying for a miracle to happen, the miracle could be drive by Dunkin' Donuts. That's the miracle. <laughs> oh, I could talk about it because I live it. I did today. Praise the Lord. Thank you. How about, you know, saying here in Matthew 6, 25, 34, I love the scripture because it says, do not worry about what you eat, what you drink, what you wear. Jesus tells us, 
Ladies, not to worry about that. In Matthew 6, 25 through 34, a whole list of what we should. He says, do not worry about what you eat and what you wear and what you drink and where you live. And then he says, if I take care of the birds, why would I not take care of you? And I wonder how many times we go to bed praying for things that we don't need to worry about. We don't need to worry about God providing clothes for you or food for you. I'm talking, these are basic general things that our God makes sure that we have. It may not be the house you want, but it's the house you're in. Come on. It may not be the clothes you want to wear, but you are clothed. No one in here is butt naked. Praise the look around. Everybody's got some clothes on. It may not be the place you want to work, but you're working. And sometimes I think we pray petty, we pray petty prayers when God's saying, honey, I got you. I, I, got the, I got the house and the food. Look at the birds. They're fine. The birds are not worried about how they're going to make it. But we're worried, and we are God's children. And he created us a good, blessed life. So it's a, it's, it's a petty prayer. So, so here's the deal with petty, petty people. If you're petty like I was yesterday, I'm healed today. Praise the Lord. Petty people simply are not content within their own selves. They're not, there's no peace and there's no satisfaction in their life. If you know someone that's petty or if you are yourself dealing with pettiness, there's something that you are not satisfied with within you. There's a peace, there's a lack of peace in your life and that's okay. I give you myself as an example to let you know that that is okay. So here it is, when you're looking for peace and satisfaction through being vindictive, it only lasts for a minute. I'll say that again. If you're looking to find peace and satisfaction by being vindictive and getting vengeance, it feels good for a minute. Amen. It feels really good. It feels great. It's just satisfying, right? But revenge says this in Romans 12, 17 through 21. Here's Romans 12, 17 through 21. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place for wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. If you feel like getting revenge on somebody, and I'm sure all of us have felt that in our lives, it's telling us right here, do not pay evil for evil. I wish it didn't say that. I wish it said you can get somebody back at least one time a year. <laughs> but then I'd want it two times, and then three times, right? And then it says, if it's possible, be at peace with all men. And you all know that the word of God tells us all things are possible, right? But I do like that out, because you could be like, it's just impossible. I don't like you. Praise the Lord. If someone's done you wrong, no matter how good the plan is, no matter how no one's not going to know you did it, you can't avenge yourself. You can't inflict harm or injury on someone else. There's no paybacks in the kingdom of God. I'll say that again. There's no paybacks in the kingdom of God. God is our avenger, and our avenger is the one that takes vengeance for us. You know the word avenge, it literally means to give room. Sometimes we have to back up and just give God room to do what he needs to do to that person that did you wrong. God sees, God knows. But give him some room, and let me tell you, I, I've lived it. I've watched it happen to where I've been done wrong some, for somebody, from someone, and I had it all planned out what I would do when I would see them. I'm going to cuss them all the way out and remind them what they did, how they did it, who they did it with, and I promise I'm going to let them feel embarrassed because I'm going to be loud and I don't even care who hears. And I had it all planned out in my mind. And then that person walks up to you at the mall, and all you do is open your arms and hug them. And I'm like, God, no. 
Romans 12, 20 goes on and says this. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing so, this will keep burning coals in his head. And here's the important part, women of God. It says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil by good. Do you realize when you want to get someone back, that evil is trying to overcome you? That evil, evil is trying to overcome you. That's why it feels good, because it feels good to do evil. <laughs> Even that laugh. <laughs> it feels good. <laughs> but we can't do that, women of God. Okay, listen, you won't find peace and satisfaction by enjoying someone else's failure. That thrill, that joyful, okay, let's be honest, that hope, that secret hope that you just hope they just, come on, y'all. I just hope everything that happened to me happens to them like times three. It's a wrong hope. That's why we need Jesus, right? That thrill, that, 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 that thrill that, you know, you want something to kind of go bad because they do you wrong, right? Listen, I, I know that. I've lived that. I've, I, I worked with a lady who could not stand my guts. Anybody work with someone like that? Lady just hated you. You didn't do anything to him. You barely talked to him, but she can't stand you. Couldn't stand me. Hated me, made fun of me, would say stupid things to me, would just be rude and purposely come by and just say things to me over and over again. Would always kind of point me out and, and just embarrass me. And so after about, you know, six months of this, I was in the bathroom, because I was praying in the bathroom, because that's my prayer closet at work. I, I, amen. I would say, God, I'm sick of her. I, 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 I remember clearly saying, God, you got to do something. You have to do something, God, because I'm not doing anything. I try to be kind. I try to stay out of her way. Lord, you have to do something to this woman. <laughs> so three weeks go by, and she's not anywhere at work. And, and, of course, I'm happy she's not there. And then finally I asked. I said, hey, where's, isn't that funny? You start looking for your enemy. Where's my enemy? I mean, <laughs> she's missing. She on vacation. Do I have to gird myself back up because she's on her way? And they said, oh, no, you didn't hear. She actually is on medical leave because she has throat cancer. Who is clapping? Jesus. <laughs> so I go to my bathroom, my prayer closet again, and I say, God, I know I said do something, but come on, man. <laughs> so stupid. Come on, I know I'm powerful, but Lord, back it up. I don't want her to be sick, not like with a disease, no. maybe a virus. That's curable. <laughs> and so, so here it is. Here it is. I paid my, prayed my pretty, petty prayer. Do something, God. You got to do something. This happens in my face. I was not happy. I did not clap. I wasn't rejoicing. I really felt like, oh, she's got to be healed. We, God, you got to heal her. Father, I speak life in Jesus' name. I speak death to that cancer. She will live and not die. Father, I thank you that she will live and that she'll be a strong woman again. Lord, take the cancer from her in Jesus' name. And I prayed this almost every day while I was at work for a year, praying for her. And the more I prayed for her, the more I prayed for her. Does that make sense? The more you pray, it's almost part of your deal. Oh, may throw that lady in there because no longer is she the enemy. No, now she's the person that is fighting with the enemy. 
And if she's fighting with the enemy, the same enemy as me, she's a friend. Because we rebuke sickness in Jesus' name, right? So I began praying for her and praying for her. And then finally, a year later, she comes back completely healed, no cancer, all gone. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And, and I never went to her because she still didn't like me. I didn't go to her and say, I've been praying for you, and that's why you're healed. No, no, no. I just said, good to see you back. And that was it. But I know that God sometimes puts people in our lives to see how are you really a sister? Are you really a woman of God that's going to literally pray for your enemies? Not rejoice when they get sick and not rejoice when something's wrong, but pray. I wonder sometimes, God, did you let my situation dissipate because I prayed for that woman? You, you reap what you sow, right? That's good and bad women of God. So I wonder sometimes, I wonder how things work out. You know, Luke 6, 28 says this. Luke 6, 28 says, bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. Doesn't make any sense, but we're to bless those that curse you. Someone curses you out, God bless you. Someone uses you and just uses you up, and boy, it's hard to pray for someone that, you, that has used you. Come on, ladies, that man that used you, that man that you thought was going to be your husband one day, but he used you for things you shouldn't have been giving him anyway. Uh-huh. I'm just saying. But he used you, and then God tells you to pray for him, not pray that he dies. <laughs> pray that he lives. Pray that he finds Jesus. Pray that someone breaks his heart. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Proverbs. Remember, petty prayers, petty. Proverbs 24 and 17, it says, do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles. Proverbs 24 and 17, I'm going to point out in the scripture, it says, do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles. Please know if somebody is doing you wrong, and they're treating you poorly, and does not repent and change their heart and mind, they will fall. We're just not going to be happy when it happens. Have you seen someone trip that you didn't know? Hilarious, right? <laughs> well, we can't laugh anymore. We have to help them up. <laughs> Three, broadcasting others' failures. You'll find peace and satisfaction when you broadcast their failures. You've got to be careful with this one. Because sometimes in our Christian life, we get to a place that I would never do that sin. I do this sin. No one knows. But I don't do that sin. I would never... No, 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 no. You're not going to find me at, at, you know, centerfolds down the street. I, I, I do not pole dance. Not in public. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not a pole dancer. I would never do that. you got to be careful because uh, when you start exposing people's sin, the word is very clear. You better help them out or you might be facing the same thing. Or that thing you thought you were over might be right back in your face. Galatians 6, 1 and 2 says, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, in any trespass, in any sin, not the sin that you've approved of, because you know we have approved sins. Yes, we do. But then we have those that we don't approve of. Any sin. It says this, who, you who are spiritual, which is us women of God, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness considering yourself lest you be tempted bear one another's burdens 
so you will fulfill the law of Christ. The Message Bible says this, if someone falls into sin, forgive, forgivingly forgive, restore them, saving critical comments to yourself because you may need forgiveness that same day. That's good, right? So you gotta be careful when you start broadcasting people's business that you don't want your stuff broadcasted, right? You gotta kinda keep that down. I know, I know the culture today is expose them hoes, right? <laughs> Want to expose them hoes, you know. It's almost we're doing everyone a favor. <laughs> but we can't expose the hoes. Tell your neighbor, you cannot, can't expose the hoes. Don't, come on. People are like, Pastor Kelly, I'm not saying that. Fine. Holy. First Peter 4 and 8 says this, Above all, have fervent love for one another because love covers a multitude of sin. When you feel like exposing people, know this, you don't have love for them. Because love covers. Love covers. But when you are done with them and can't stand that, you will tell it in a New York minute. Because you have no love for that person. And we need love. We need to be covered. There's stories in this room that people have, have battled with things, have things that happen in life. They want no one to ever know. I thank God that YouTube was not around in my dispensation or Snapchat, or Twitter, anything with a recorded device. Thank you, Jesus. Because I could not be a pastor today if y'all saw my own channel. Anyway, but I'm thankful <laughs> that God knew not to create those devices. Because, <laughs> no, seriously, think about that. We, we, we all should be thankful that there's no recording of what we used to do and who we used to be. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace and mercy. Your peace, you, you, you'll find peace and satisfaction if you try to encourage mediocrity, especially for someone you think will advance over you or surpass you. And honestly, this point right here I'm making is more for families than for friends. I've seen it time and time again where dysfunctional families People that maybe are not living all the way for the Lord will not want their son or daughter to surpass them. That they'll actually encourage them, don't go to college. All that money and all that time, don't, don't, don't expand yourself. Don't meet new people. Don't travel. Look at all the terrorism. Just stay in Phoenix where it's safe. You know, <laughs> Don't, don't stretch yourself. Don't, you know, almost, but, but I wonder, is it because you don't want them to experience what you did not experience? That, that's the wrong type of spirit. Listen, you should want people that you love to surpass you and to go beyond you and to do better than you in every area of your life. You guys know, I want a grandchild so bad. I want one so bad, I want one so bad, Ira asked me if he had a baby, would I be happy? And I said, yes. Ira's my 17-year-old senior, I was totally kidding. <laughs> but that, that, you know, wait, praise the Lord. I, I don't know why he asked me, I should wonder why he asked me that. But the point is, <laughs> the point is, he just, he asked me, because he knows I want a grandbaby so bad, and I look at Devin and Zaya, and I'm like, dude, what's the holdup? Like, I know it works, you're steel, you know, like what's going on? <laughs> and so with me pushing and pushing and pushing that, I had to step back and say, wait a minute, just because I had kids at 18 and 19 and 21 and 22 and 24, just because I had my kid, doesn't mean that, that they have to have kids back to back. They're doing things I never have done. Traveling, saving money, buying a house, paying bills, 
So it's only out of my goodness because I want a little grandbaby because I'm selfish, but, but I, should, I shouldn't, I had to be careful not to push that on them. That's, not medio, that's beyond mediocrity, right? We can't do that. Who said amen so loud? Mariah? Well, I'm still waiting for you to date anybody. Like, <laughs> well, somebody. She, she just can't, can't find a date. Mariah, Mariah will go on a date and she'll find something wrong. They're always weird. He's nice, but he's weird. He's cute, but he's weird. He has a job, but he's weird. But even my daughters, they don't have kids. They don't have baby mama drama. They have no children. That's a blessing, right? Praise God. Thank you. They even told me they want to go to college next year. I'm like, yes, go. Go to college and find him there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. But, but really, in all seriousness, there are people that may work with you that every time you bring up a promotion, they time to kind of talk you down. Be careful, people like that. They might not be looking out for your best interest. They might be afraid of your potential. So just be careful of that because they're trying to find peace and satisfaction. James 3, 14 and 16 says this, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. I love that. If you're jealous of somebody, just say you're jealous. I love, I love the word. And then it says, this wisdom does not descend from above, but it's earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. If you're around somebody that is, that is self-seeking and it's always only about them and nobody can do better than them, they'll cause confusion to keep you paralyzed. And my fifth point where you won't find peace and satisfaction is taking a small subject and blowing it out of proportion. Remember the example I gave you? There's a great example in Luke 10.38, my key scripture Back to Luke 10, 38. Here we are. We find Jesus in a village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed into her house. Jesus is walking around, and this woman, Martha, in my mind, I picture her walking outside, seeing him coming. She's like, hey, come on. Come over here, Jesus. Come hang out in our house. And Jesus comes in, and she's got a sister named Mary. Anybody have sisters in the house? Isn't there always a sister that does less than you? <laughs> yeah, I got in the back. Yep, she, right. Okay. <laughs> Martha welcomed him in her house, had a sister named Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard the word. So here it is. Come in the house, Jesus. Hang out with us. Martha invites him in. Mary comes out the living room. Oh, man, Jesus is here. I'm putting my cell phone away. I'm turning off the TV. I'm going to sit at the feet and listen to this man. Listen to this man who has wisdom, who has healing power, who is, he, 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 he is the Messiah. The King of kings, the Lord of lords is in my living room. Can you really take a second and imagine that? Him sitting down, having a conversation with you? And just, I mean, what, what, what could you say? I have nothing to say. Jesus, speak to me. And just tell me of your goodness, right? But Martha, the one who invited him in, she's distracted, the word of God said, with her serving. She's distracted. Some versions say she's preparing for, for Jesus. She's, she's distracted. Now listen, have you guys had people show up at your house unannounced? Like it was a surprise visit? And you know what? Honestly, if they come in the house and your house is jacked up, you kind of just say, hey, it is what it is, Right? You know, typically you don't stop and say, wait here, I'm going to clean up, I'll be right back. You may clean the bathroom, just, you know, because that's gross. But any, other than that, you're like, here, dishes, laundry, 
didn't vacuum, whatever, you popped up, here it is. No, no, she invites Jesus in, and then she goes and starts cleaning and cooking and getting things ready. And she's here with the water on and the pots and pans. You know, I talk about my angry pots and pans. You know, the longer it takes for Mary to come in the kitchen, the pots and pans get louder because she's mad now. Come on, what are you doing in there? You know, hurry up. We got to get things prepared. Jesus is here. We got to get prepared. Jesus is here. We got to get prepared. But Jesus is here. What is there to prepare? She's back here. I'm going to make my best smothered pork chops. I'm going to make my amazing chicken enchiladas. I'm going to make my homemade lasagna. I'm going to make some fresh baked cookies. I'm going to make this because uh, Jesus is here. I'm going to cook and I'm going to do it. And Jesus is like, listen, you can't impress me. There's nothing you can make that will impress me. I am the bread of life. I feed you continually, and you want to prepare a meal for me as if that's important? And Jesus says, listen, Mary chose the better thing. She's in my presence. She's with me. She's with me. She's, she's listening to me. She wants to hear what I have to say. And you're so busy about your enchiladas and your tacos and your uh, pork chops and my dish and my dessert and my drink. I'm going to give to my Jesus. And he says, no, 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 no. Put down the pots and the pans. Turn the water off. Do like your sister who chose the better part to be in my presence. Jesus said, Martha, stop being petty. And I believe tonight someone here has been dealing with the same thing. That there's a situation or a circumstance or a person maybe that maybe fit the description that continues to press you and bother you and just scratch at you. And no matter how you try to get away from that person or that thought, it keeps on coming back over and over again. You're like me. You think you're over it until you see them. And it's blown up all over again. And you, and you spend time talking about it and hashing it out. And you pick up the phone and talk about what they did and what they said and what you're going to do. What you're, and it's just on and on and on and on. And you're just distracted by serving, not even Jesus, by serving yourself. Do you realize that everybody has a story in here? Everybody's been done wrong. You're not the only one. You're not the only one that's gone through a tough time. Jesus tonight might be telling you, Stop being petty. In our relationships with our husbands, stop being petty. With our kids, you just can't get over the one thing they did. My God in heaven, what if they knew the 10 things you did? I think that's wrong parenting when we forget. We forget that the reason why they want to be a hoe is because you were one. I'm, I'm sorry. We forgot. The iniquities of our forefathers will visit us. The reason why they, they want to do that is because that's what you did. You'd never tell them because you got, you know, Jesus. <laughs> but you, but you got to stop being petty. Stop letting things get on your nerves and irk you and jerk you, and then you forget the important part. What is pulling you away from sitting at his feet and listening? What is pulling you away from getting in your prayer closet and really seriously praying? What, who is pulling you away and dragging you back down to the depths of unforgiveness? You should never give anybody that much power. 
You have the power. You have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Jesus is your power. Nobody, nobody controls you. So let's all stand up right now because we're going to pray. I feel the Holy Spirit in here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. I'm going to pray two things. The first thing I'm going to pray is if you struggle with being petty, and I gave you my example, if, if you could be having a good day and that one thing happens and you keep on replaying it in your mind over and over and over again, you're showing that, I just right now in Jesus' name, stop it in Jesus' name. Stop it in Jesus' name. Stop rehearsing, reliving the conversation in the name of Jesus. You've blown it out of proportion. That is not what that person meant.